Hello, Rebel Business School. May I speak to your complaint department, please? Uh, how can I help? You're the complaint department? We don't really have one. Well, that tracks. So I wish to lodge a complaint about having to start a website. Okay. Yes, I went to your school and you said I had to make a website. I didn't want to make a website, but I did it anyway. And I have experienced some severe emotional distress from this. What happened? I landed a ton of business and now I'm way more busy than I ever wanted to be, making way more money than I ever thought I could make, being wildly successful, and I'm just not used to it. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. Today with me, I have a special guest whose name I cannot pronounce properly. Please welcome to the podcast, Lance. Thank you ever so much for having me, Alan. And I love the way you say my name. (laughs) (laughs) So much better than Lance. Lance. I butcher that every time. But Lance and I met, you came to the first ever pop-up business school, now Rebel Business School, that we did in Longmont in Colorado, which was a few years ago now. Yeah, yeah. I got the email from Triple M and it said, free two-week business course. And I just, boom, instantly hit. Instantly booked. Yeah, sign me up for that. Because I was thinking about it, right? And I was thinking about doing a business starting something up. And I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do or how I was going to do it. But I thought, hey, I'll just go to this nice, easy two-week lecture and uh, it'll be great. I'll learn some things and and maybe that'll (laughs) inspire me. And that's not exactly how it worked out. No, it's not quite how it worked out. And for those of you listening who don't know, Triple M is Mr. Money Mustache. Uh, His name's Pete. He lives in Longmont, Colorado. He's a great guy and he writes a blog on financial independence. And the first ever course we ran in America was with him in Colorado, and it's the one that you came to. Mm -hmm. So your expectations were that you were going to turn up, sit and listen for a couple of weeks and hang out and have beer. Exactly. Soak it in. Yeah. And I thought there'd be air conditioning. (laughs) We're British. There's no air conditioning here, (laughs) even in Colorado. So how was the Rebel Business School different to what you imagined? All the activities. And that awkward moment where you say, hey, turn to the person next to you and work out this little problem together. And everyone's like, oh, 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 (laughs) what do I do now? Everyone was really nice. Yes. Yes, they were. And it was actually doing things instead of talking about doing things. And that's one of the biggest pieces of advice we tried to give people is stop talking, start doing Stop thinking, start doing, because it is in the action that you actually uncover the learning, you make the progress, and you get to where you want to get to. Even if you don't want to. (laughs) I know you didn't want to. (laughs) No one does. Like, they turn up on the course, and I'm there going, okay, now we're going to build websites, open your laptop, let's get going. People do not appreciate that. Yeah, my brain literally exploded when you said that. I'm like, we're going to build a website today. I'm like, oh, oh I don't want to. No, no, no. I turned That's into a two-year-old. Day three of the course, Website Wednesday, yes. is putting out your first website and getting on with it. So, like, what business were you thinking of at the time? What was the... So, I wasn't 
you said, pick something that you like doing. And so I thought back to my career and what I liked most in my career, and it was teaching. I loved it when I got new employees and could bring them up to speed. I felt like, you know, I spent all this time learning all this stuff and then pow, retired early and it's gone. And I was noticing I'd wake up in the morning and some of my brains had leaked out on the pillow. And so I was thinking, (laughs) you know, I should probably do something to keep my brain sharp. I had been out of it for about a year at that point. And so I came up with this idea of just an education business is what it came down to. So what were you going to teach? What was the subject? So my background is chemical engineering. I spent my life in petroleum refining. And so I thought I would teach classes in petroleum refining. And I couldn't come up with a name. And that was the first thing that the class really helped me with is I could just say, hey, everybody, this is the business I want to do. Any ideas on a name? Pow, 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 pow. Ideas everywhere. Everywhere. So many great creative people and refining you, like university, came up. And as it turned out, that website was available. So I snatched it up. And then now, now see, you're just going down that commitment road, right? And so you, <laughs> you pay 10 bucks for the website. And now you think, oh, man, now I really have to do this. The course was free. Yes. But the website domain name was 10 bucks. Yes. And now I'm committed. Now I got to do it. And he said, hey, you got to have a video on your website. Get some video, something going. We can film it here. It'll be fine. And I thought to myself, well, most of my customers would be middle-aged men. And what do middle-aged men like a lot? And it turns out beautiful Brazilian women are right up there on the list. (laughs) And there happened to be one in class. And so I said, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to have to ask this girl to shoot some video with me. So I thought, you know, what would be the right way to approach her? And what I came up with is... Hey, baby, you want to go in back and shoot a video with me? That sounds very creepy, Lance. She said, yes. Can you believe it? No. (laughs) I'm paraphrasing. It may not come out exactly (laughs) like that. But no, we just shot some video of me showing her some things on the computer. And then I thought, well, you know, I could use some contrast here. So who could I get who would be the most different than a beautiful Brazilian woman? Ellen. Ellen would be the most different. So I had beauty and the... Alan. And the Englishman. Yes, exactly. Yes. And so we shot some video clips and then he said, hey, there's this thing called Upwork where people will put all this together for you for very little money and they'll do logos for you. So I think I spent like 50 bucks on getting the video editing done and like another 25 or 50 on the logo. He gave me like 15, 20 different ideas for logos and boom, a hundred bucks, I got a business. Well, I don't have a business. I had... You had a website. I had a website. And then you have to do other stuff, apparently, like finding customers and stuff. So I made a few... Yeah, you got to make a few phone calls, cold call. It was a second call. I landed a gig on the second call teaching. Wow. Just like that. So who were you ringing? How did you work out who to ring? I Googled (laughs) petroleum refining, education, workshops, that kind of thing. Got a list, got the numbers, started calling... Turns out one outfit had lost one of their instructors, gone off and doing their own thing, and I could fill in and teach that thing. So I sold it, sell it first, right? And then I had to build the course. So <laughs> put together all the slides and started teaching. We, we do a, a week in the fall, a week in the spring. And then because of that website and the fact that I was doing some teaching, other people found me. The magic of Google And I got a call about being an expert witness in the petroleum refining sector. And I thought, okay, that pays really well. So one case led to another, which led to another, which if all the contracts came in, would have doubled my net worth, all from a $100 website, which I put 
one afternoon into. (laughs) Now, of course, we successfully settled the cases before that, but we did end up essentially getting a house for free. Wow. Yeah. So that website that I forced you to make. (laughs) Yes. Paid for your house. Exactly. Yeah. Now, it doesn't always work out that way, but the surprising thing to me is that there are many people that could be expert witnesses because lawyers are expert in the law. So therefore, they're not experts in really anything else. So uh, maybe that's a takeaway for your audience is that you may be surprised that, you know, the legal services might need your help. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, skimy things, personal injury and all that. There's just a lot of people that squabble over business, you know, and that's essentially what these cases were about. Well, I think the bit that leads up to that is the fact you actually put yourself out there. Yes. And so many people never take that step. They do what they do and they quietly do it and then they go home. And one of the things I learned in the early days was the expression is no one's going to blow your trumpet for you. Yes. You have to blow your own trumpet. People aren't going to go around going, Lance is great, you should hire him. You have to go out there and put your own thing out there. And I think... Definitely in England, we have a reserved nature where we should not talk about what we do well. In America, a little less so. People are a little more comfortable shouting about what they do well, but it's still... Still not something everybody does. Yeah. And, and no one is going to f- come to you without you putting anything out there. You have to put something out there. Maybe make a few phone calls, a website and a few phone calls. You might be surprised. And what did it cost you? That was the other thing. It was like, this was a day of my time and maybe a hundred bucks because I wanted to make it real pretty, but it could have been free. The website could have been free. You could have done it completely for free. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might... Not, not have had quite a, have looked as good. Yes, there would have been probably no beautiful Brazilian women on it or Alan uh, on it. But yeah, it, it probably would have worked just fine. And I think that's what I'd love. Like the purpose of us doing this conversation is to inspire you to build your website, to launch your thing, to put your stuff out there, to make a phone call because nothing happens until you take action. And I think a lot of the things that were barriers for me weren't really barriers. You know, I was spending time building barriers in my mind instead of, as you say, getting on with it, right? Um, I've been practicing my British uh, for some <laughs> Ready time for now. this podcast. Yes, I was. Yes. But yeah, I mean, so you can't do a logo. Big deal. There's someone else out there who can do it for very little money for you. So you don't know how to edit video or shoot video. You can find someone to hold your phone for you um, and shoot some video of you. And again, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, you can get a professional editor to make it look great, even if your camera work isn't the greatest. And some of those websites, you've got Fiverr. People per hour, Upwork, there's three different websites where you can find people to help you very reasonably on those things. And we speak about starting a business for free. Sometimes it's worth spending a couple of dollars on getting a logo, on doing some stuff, but that should never stop you. Should yeah. never stop you. It's the action piece. And one of the things Lance did very well was he just made the phone calls. You <laughs> didn't duck it. You just did it. Did you have any fear over the phone calls? Did you have any weirdness? Or were you fairly comfortable just picking up the phone? Because you appear to be quite extroverted, even though you're an engineer. I am. It's a very weird, weird thing. Yes, that's one of the 
odd things. And throughout my whole career, that's been one of the odd things. That's why I ended up in management, I think. You know, and I, I was in the commercial world for some time. So cold calling is not a totally new thing to me. This was a little bit nerve wracking, but another Alanism came up, you know, eat your frog. Just get on with it, get it over with. And if you just do that, one call a day. I mean, that's what I said I would do. And by Tuesday, we were done. <laughs> so, so it doesn't always work out that way. No. But you might be very surprised at if you just take that first step, just put yourself out there a little bit. There's so many things that other people could be looking for you. They just don't know you're there. I agree completely. So, Lance, what does eat your frog mean to you? Because <laughs> I could tell the story, but I, I'm sure I've told the story to many people and it means something different to everyone. What does it mean to you? This has got to be Amy's favorite saying of all because she's, she's a morning person. If you have to eat a frog, you can either sit there in front of you and think about eating it all day long and it's going to ruin your whole day. Or you can just gobble it up and be done with it. And then you have the rest of the day free. That's the worst thing that can happen that day. Yes. It's done immediately. Yes, it's done. It's over with. You can move on. The rest of your day is going to be great. And maybe you're even inspired to eat another frog. I don't know. But just get on with it. Get it done. Don't think about it. Worry about it. Obsess about it. Read about it. Study about it. Just do it. I mean, come on. How much time can you spend obsessing over things? If you're an engineer, probably a lot. <laughs> You'd be surprised at the answer to that question. Sometimes people have had business ideas for literally decades. Oh, boy. Years and years. And I've done it. I've had ideas and I just haven't put them. I was not always the motivated go-getter that you see in front of you, Lance. No way. <laughs> Get out. I used to struggle with this stuff. I didn't know what to do. I'd spend time overanalyzing things. Uh, thinking, is it going to go wrong? Is it going to go right? And it took me many, many years to work out there is only one way to know for sure if it's going to work. Because so many people come to me at these courses and they say, Alan, I've got this idea. Can you tell me if it'll work? <laughs> and I obviously pull out my crystal ball. I divine an answer and give them the truth. As one does. But I literally look at them and go, well, I can't tell you. I have no idea. And actually, there is only one question I can answer for them. And that is, would I buy? Uh -huh. I can't tell them if anyone else would buy. No idea. And actually, I mostly get that wrong because some of the stuff people have launched, I look at and go, no one's ever going to buy that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure enough, they're the most successful businesses. Well, I, I have a saying, you can't learn to drive from the passenger seat, right? You just have to try an experiment. It doesn't have to be a huge buildup. You don't have to put 10 years into this thing to find out. Try to find a shortcut. You know, okay, I'm going to retire and travel around the world or sail across the ocean. Well, try sailing across the lake first, right? Try the easiest thing, the easiest entry point first, and then see how that goes. And that'll tell you what you need to know. If you can't sell it, it's not a good idea, not a good business idea. So sell it first. Well, then the pressure's on. Now you got to deliver. But I mean, there's always going to be some pressure to create anything, right? Which that's the positive pressure. If you've managed to strike the deal, if you've managed to get someone to agree to it, and you're excited about doing this business, which we talk a lot about, choose something you like doing. Because I always find that crazy. Why would you ever choose a business that you don't enjoy? I just, I don't understand that. Like you can make money doing anything. And believe me, I've heard some weird ways people have made money. If you can make money doing anything, like pick one that excites you. 
and then go for that and test it. And it's so easy these days with the internet and social media and everything that's out there to try things out. And it's free. I mean, you can test so many different ideas. The A-B testing that you talk about with website development, try all these different experiments out for free. It's just a little bit of time. So, you know, maybe instead of watching another Netflix show, put a little bit of effort into this business idea. Try a few things out. Write a few tweets. See what happens. It's so simple to try things out. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. Which actually what we've circled round to is the idea of the mini experiment. Yes. And that is pretty much what you did in Longmont those years ago, was you did a mini experiment, set up a website, put it out there, made some phone calls, and saw if anyone bought. Yes. And surprisingly, they did. And I think there's so many other... I mean, this sounds like kind of a crazy case. It is sort of an extreme case. It is kind case. of an extreme case, an but extreme I just want case. people to, like, if you're listening to this now, I want you to realize this could happen. Yeah. I'm not, like, yeah. it's an extreme case. Lance made a lot of money out of doing one website and putting it out there. It's an extreme case, but if he hadn't launched the website, if he hadn't done None what he it. needed to do, this never would have happened. And most of the people that I meet, they never do the thing. So there is zero chance of this happening to them. There might be a 10% or a 5% chance, but I'd take a 5% chance by building a website for free over a 0% chance of not doing anything. Absolutely. So give yourself an opportunity. Give yourself a go. Build the website. Launch the thing. Do the phone calls. Like, Just give yourself a chance. Take action. It may not work. True. And then what do we do? Try something else. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're going to learn so much from it. I mean, just that little publishing, that little website and figuring out how to do that was, to me, it was kind of a my... Okay, so I, I'm very old, all right? So I was pre-internet days. And I this, don't think you're very old, well, Lance. you know... I think there's degrees of age here. Compared to so many other people I run into these days, I seem to be the oldest guy in the room a lot of times. But I remember before the internet, okay? And I remember this was a really big deal to publish this a website. I mean, that took four years of college and all this work and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, Weebly and uh, Wix. Wix and Square. There's so many people who've lowered the bar that anybody can do that. It's pick and stick. I mean, if you can build a Word document, you can build a website. It's just learning a few things, pick and stick, hit publish, whoosh, away you go. And I had it built up to something totally different in my head. Well, I think that's what people want you to think, because then they can <laughs> charge you a lot of money for it. That's part of what it is. I am a big fan of Weebly.com because it is, as you say, just a drag and drop thing. I have built countless websites that have made me money, brought me opportunities. And funny enough, the ones that have done the least for me are the ones I've spent the big bucks on. Really? I guess I could see that. Because again... They're building what they want that's for them and not necessarily what you want for you necessarily. Well, I didn't really know what I wanted and that's part of the problem. So I first, my first business was a training business. It was called AD Dynamics, Lance. That's a great name. It's a dreadful name. It was <laughs> egotistically named after me. My initials are ADD, so it was AD Dynamics. Like, what does it even mean? Yeah, it's kind of hard to figure out what that's all about, yeah. Yeah, no one would know. They think it's some kind of like fluid business or like pumping station, who knows, but it's not a training business. 
So I built that. I paid a thousand pounds in 2008, which Ooh. is a thousand pounds. What's that? Fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars in 2008. That was a lot of money. Oh yeah. I spent the money. We designed the website. Had lovely pictures. Mm. Beautiful pictures, Lance. Everyone loves a good picture. Great text. My mum loved the website. She loved it. She was very proud. I was very proud. I launched the website. And then you do this thing where you put the website out there and you wait for the business to come. Is it going to come? Is the business going to come? And I was waiting. It could be a long wait. (laughs) A very, very long wait. (laughs) If you're waiting for other people, you'll be waiting a very, very long time. And that £1,000 never bought any business. I don't think I ever properly did the work to get it listed on Google properly. I don't think I ever properly, I never updated it because if I wanted to update it, I had to go back to the designer and pay more. Oh boy. Yeah, they got you. So I never did it. Second one, I spent another thousand. I think I spent more like 1200. I can't remember. I spent more on it and it was the same thing again. It didn't really go anywhere. Nothing happened. And then I got frustrated. I'd spent a lot of money on a website that did nothing. And eventually I I just got frustrated. And one night I was sat there going, how do you build a free website? That's literally what I Googled. How do you build a free website? And there was a BBC article saying, Weebly is changing the internet. They'll give you a free website. So I trusted the BBC. I clicked on the link. And three hours later, I had a free website. Wow. And just I was just like that. blown away, absolutely blown away. And when we launched Pop-Up Business School, that was on a free Weebly website. Didn't pay a penny for it. Wow. Uh, I launched it on that. I put the tickets up for the first event. We got, I think it was about 48 people showed up to the first event through that free website. Not bad. Not bad at all for that amount of effort. It's incredible. Yeah. There was one key bit. I didn't just build the website at that stage and wait for people to come. I'd learned that lesson. I built the website and I hustled. I promoted. I put on Facebook, tweeted it. I did flyers. Like I hustled to get those people to sign up. I'd learned that lesson. And and in my mind, I had that whole marketing thing built up in my, you know, like, okay, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to find the, you know, the phone numbers. I'm going to call one a day. And if that doesn't work, then I'll move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I didn't need to in this case. I mean, in my business in particular, the phone is pretty much the primary means of communication, of connection, right? So it's just one-to-one, person-to-person, phone-to-phone. And that worked out fine. But if I needed to, I was prepared to go, you know, a few extra steps, stock people up on LinkedIn and <laughs> whatever it takes, Some Alan. Some light stalking yeah. is always useful in the business world. Indeed it is. Yeah, yes. We do not condone it in other places. <laughs> but see, I think there's two different things here because you've got business to business, B2B, and you've got business to consumer, B2C. And if you're selling directly to consumer, the telephone is not always a good tool. No. Because no one wants going to be rung at home saying, would you like to buy my windows or whatever it is? People hate that stuff. You need a different way of reaching them. But business to business, I don't think there is a better tool. Reaching someone, I really don't think there is. Like LinkedIn messages, great. Yeah. But a phone call that you could actually get through to a real human being, tell them what you're doing, have a chat, ask them questions, connect, find out what their pain is, offer them something. There's 
there's no better tool. Oh, yeah. And in marketing also, you know, the marketing tools that are out there right now, like how do you establish your pricing? How do you know what other people are charging for it? You can just go on their website and find it out. I mean, that's available or again, make a few phone calls. Hey, what do you charge for this service or product? Hey, I'm interested in buying it. Actually, I'm not interested in buying it. I'm interested in selling it, competing with you. And I want to know what you're selling it for. But I don't tell you that on the phone. A little white lie there. But yeah, the information is so easy to get to. Whereas I think, you know, in my younger days, I thought this was just this impossible mountain to climb, to get over that wall, to build. Oh, you could never build a business. I mean, that's just so hard to do. It's going to take days and years of your life and you're never going to see your family or anyone else again. It doesn't have to be that way. It does not have to be that way. Yeah. And you can keep your day job and build a side hustle to the point where it's got enough momentum that you can quit your day job. So there's no risk. It's not like you're you're going to borrow all this money and you're going to quit your job and you're going to put it all on the line and man, I hope this works or I'm going to go bust. You know, it's not like that. You can ease into it slowly, which man, if I had known it was this easy, I would have quit cor- <laughs> quit corporate America at least a decade earlier. (laughs) Well, it's interesting you're saying about the the low-risk startup, and I've been speaking about that for years. Like, why does starting a business have to be risky? Yeah. And you will risk something because you will risk some time, you'll risk maybe some energy, you'll risk rejection, but it doesn't have to be financial risk. Yeah. And actually, we've been uh, pitching to get a TV show recently, Lance, and that's one of the pieces of feedback about our method is it's not exciting enough for TV. Because why aren't people putting their lives on the line, their houses on the line, risking everything? Like your business model, Alan, it sounds boring. Like people aren't risking enough. Boring is good in some areas. (laughs) Boring is good. I mean, buy a skateboard if you want some excitement. You know, just... Boring is good in business. I'll, I'll take it all day. Yeah, I, I don't know why people think it, it can only be that way. I think it's sexy. I think it, it sells TV shows and it sells movies. movies. And yeah, taking these huge risks is great. But I think it has a reverse effect in thinking that people believe that unless they are risking it all, they can't be successful. Or they're not doing enough. Or yeah, or you're not doing enough. So... There's a business thought, which I don't know if you've heard, called Burn the Boats. Have you heard of that one? I certainly have. Yeah, and it comes from, I think it was the Greeks Mm -hmm. who were attacking a place. And when they landed their army on the beach, the general burnt all of the boats so that they had no choice. They either took the city or they died. Or died trying. There was no middle ground. And of course, the story goes that they took the city and lived happily ever after with lots of riches. Yes. That's the story. And then the similar mentality has been applied to business. Because if you burn the boats and you're all in, you'll be more committed and more likely to make it succeed. Yeah. And I don't like it. Well, and this idea that you you have to be so extreme, like you have to be a borderline sociopath to manage a business. You, You don't have to be that way. And, you know, having a sword to your back really does motivate you quite a bit. But maybe that's, you know, there's other ways to motivate. Instead of pushing, perhaps you could pull with a little bit of inspiration, show a bigger picture, a purpose of some sort, you know. Uh, Not a lot of folks want to do it that way because that's not, you know, Gordon Gecko and Wall Street Week and greed is good. You know, it just, it isn't exciting. And that's the piece, actually, I think, building it alongside, you know, taking less risk, 
why risk your house, your future on a gamble when you don't need to? Exactly. And even if you're already, if you're listening to this and already running a business, why risk that existing business to launch a new product, to do a new thing? Like, it's just not needed. The same principles apply. And we were actually having this discussion at Rebel Business School that we came up with a new idea for a new model of how to run the Rebel Business Schools online. And they were talking about it and they wanted to schedule all the dates. They wanted to block out the dates. They wanted to create it all and get it all set up. And my question was, how many clients do you have ready to pay for this? And they didn't. They wanted to put it all in place first. And I said, well, we should apply our own principles to this. Why don't we go out and offer it to a bunch of clients? And if three of them say yes, and we've got enough money to do it, then we'll line it all up. And I think they looked marginally annoyed at me for having used our own stuff on us. Marginally annoyed. I get marginally annoyed when my wife uses my own quotes against me, Lance. Oh. I don't like it at all. It's oh. like, don't you always say this on the podcast? I'm like, yes, but that's for other people, not for me. <laughs> and I, I have to exactly, live by my own medicine. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, Alan. God, I shouldn't have said that. She was really listening. I'm going to have to listen better. So I think it's really important that sort of risk-free startup growth like it doesn't have to always be that way but i think everyone thinks you need to have built the whole thing before you sell it and it's surprising the number of people even if they've been on the course even if they've listened to the podcast who come back to me and say no i still need a loan yeah i still need the debt ouch yeah i think another thing people really confuse is big business and small business I mean, if you're going to build an entire factory before you churn out the first battery or the first whatever, yes, you're going to have to have some capital up front. But that does not have to apply to small business. Small business is by its very nature small. You know, <laughs> you can you can build one thing and see if someone will buy it and then go all in and buy a container ship. Or a container. <laughs> container ship. Maybe not a container ship. Initially. Depends how many pre-orders you've got, Lance. I fully Indeed. support that if you've sold them all before you buy them. That would be remarkable if you pulled that one <laughs> off. Well, and I, when, I, when I was a kid, cereal boxes would come with these groovy offers on the side of them. And it would be, hey, you'll get this great gag gift from Zonko, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's 12 to 18 weeks. You know, you clip out the coupon, you tape your dollar to it, you put it in an envelope and send it off. And you've totally forgotten that you've even done this by the time it comes in. But what they're doing is they're figuring out how many of these should we order? How many of these should we build? They're not going to build any extra. Why waste, right? And it's not something you can resell again because it goes with a season or a movie, a promotion or whatever. And why did that idea get completely lost? I don't know. Well, people seem to have forgotten about it. Yeah. They seem to... Like the ideas have been around a long time. And I think sometimes when people come on my course, they go, Alan, none of this is revolutionary. And I go, you're right. It's not revolutionary, but why aren't you doing it? But people have just forgotten. They think they need to do things a different way. They need to, whatever it is, they have to follow the path yeah. that's been set out. Well, and technology, I think, has changed so much, but it hasn't changed the fundamentals of human nature. And a lot of business is based just on that. If you understand that well enough, you can figure out how to do a win-win deal. 
a lot of people think you have to do a win-lose deal. Like it's a zero-sum gain thing. Someone has to lose in order for someone to win. And if you're thinking in that, that manner, I don't think you're ever... Yeah, there are people that make money doing that, but they're not very happy people, I have found. And I think you can only scale that to a certain point before people start to catch on. And with the internet, all the ratings that, that are coming out, people are going to sniff... If you're putting out crap, people are going to sniff that out pretty quickly. I mean, the reviews are going to come back and it's going to fail. So why even think... Why even start in that mindset? Why not start with, hey, you've got a need, I've got a service, we can both get together and benefit from this arrangement. Start there. That, I think, is the fundamental of business, is helping other people. Mm -hmm. However, I think we're trained through television, through different shows, that they did a survey in England of young people, and they asked them what they thought business was about. And one of the top expressions was, business is a dog-eat-dog -dog world. And I'm just like, that's not what business has to be. Business <laughs> is about if I sell you something that helps you, you're happy and you'll pay me well for it. And I'm happy. Like we can both be successful. And business doesn't have to be a dog eat dog world, but we're trained by these TV shows, mm -hmm. The Apprentice, Dragon's Den, Shark's Tank. That'll never, that'll no, never sell on cable, Alan. It'll never sell on cable. It's just too, too <laughs> let's all be nice. Let's all be nice. We can all be successful together. That's why my stuff doesn't make a good TV show, Lance. <laughs> and telling people to be nice to each other and make money by doing good. Yeah, maybe that's not your medium. Maybe there's some other medium for you. Like a, <laughs> a podcast. A podcast, maybe. Yeah, you should look into that. So I've been trying to think, what's the title of this episode, Lance? What do you think the title of this episode is? Oh, man, I had to recruit a whole class of people just to come up with a business name. You think I could come up with a title for this? Yeah, probably not my strong suit. It is kind of website focused, though, and get off your butt focused. So maybe you could combine those two together in a very creative manner. <laughs> Get off your butt and launch your website. Like AD Dynamics. No, uh, let's not go with yeah. my naming principles. That was clever. <laughs> so what have you learned from this whole process of coming to the event, launching the website? Like what have been the biggest lessons? If you, like we've got an audience of three and a half thousand people listening to us today doing this podcast. What would you want to say to them? Like I learned this. This is what I want you to go and do. I think first off, even if you don't have all the talents like to build a logo or to edit video or all this other stuff, it's out there. You can get it done at a very reasonable price. One guy was out of Pakistan that did some of this for him. Very low cost of living there, so he doesn't have to charge a whole lot for it. There are solutions. Don't build barriers. Build solutions. It's a lot easier than you might think to do this. And just try it. Just try the first little thing. Just take that first step and see how it goes. Then one thing will lead to another, lead to another. And I think just about anyone can find something that will work if you keep trying a few mini experiments, one little experiment after the next, and away you go. And now my case is kind of unusual. I'm a bit out on the bell curve there. But even if you know it doesn't hit on the second phone call right, and take off from there, it might not take but the third phone call. You never know what's going to happen on the next time you, you throw the line out in the water. Maybe you'll pull in a whale. You know, it can ha Every time you throw that line out, you could pull in a whale. You have a chance. Yes. But if you never throw the line out, you're never going to catch any fish. So, yeah, 
that wasn't very clever. <laughs> no, I love a good metaphor, Lance. We've gone for a metaphor? good fishing metaphor. Okay. I was going to go shooting baskets, but then I thought, no, the British aren't into basketball, so... No, we're more into fish. Yeah, and football, a.k.a. soccer, if you're U.S. Actually, about uh, 60 to 70% of the audience of the podcast are actually from the U.S. Really? Yeah, so most of the people you'll be talking to right now are fellow Americans. Really? So if I say, hello, pop it, they wouldn't necessarily know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) We do not all sound like we're out of Mary Poppins when we're from England. I think that was from Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) Or Caribbean, if you're posh. So if you're listening to this, Lance is an outlier because he did it and he won some fantastic business straight away. But how will you ever know if that's not you unless you have a go? Like, we've done a huge number of episodes to get to this point in the podcast. If you have not launched your website by now, if you haven't tested your idea, if you haven't asked someone to buy, just do it. That's all we ask. Because no magic will happen if you don't try. If you try, you have a chance that the magic might just hit. So stop thinking, stop listening, and start doing. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.